All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Uh, if y'all don't know it, if you're never, if you happen to miss a Sunday or something like that, you can go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on sermons. Go back and, and see what you missed. Uh, see if you were mentioned in a sermon, like some people do. Uh, right, Gina? <laughs> so anyway, uh, like I said, I'm glad that y'all are here today. Um, James chapter 4. Um, about, a, about a year ago, um, y'all probably don't know this. I, I'm not from around here. Um, I don't, people make fun of the way I talk all the time. Um, I'm from Kynosa, Texas, which is uh, way out in West Texas towards El Paso. And um, one Sunday we got home, and I'm usually wiped out after my sermons, and, and I got home. And I kicked back in the recliner. I was going to watch some football or something like that. I don't remember. I think it was during the summer, so there probably wasn't football. But anyway, I kicked back in the recliner, and I was just trying to maybe take a nap or something. And all of a sudden, I heard the wind blowing. And so I laid there. And of course, we lived in a double-wide trailer. And um, anyway, I was sitting there, and of course, the trailer kind of started doing this. And I thought, man, that wind's blowing. I laid there, and that trailer started going like this. And I thought, man, the wind is really blowing. So I went out. Uh, we kind of went out into the living room, and, and uh, the dining room was kind of like one big room. And you could stand sideways, and you could look out the front windows, and you could look out the back windows. And so we were sitting there, and Christy, she kind of come walking out. She goes, where did that come from? I said, I don't know, but that wind is blowing like that. And I'm looking out the front window because we had a porch that shaded the, the, uh, the front windows and big porch. This porch, I am a lot of things, but I am not a carpenter. The, the, the cross brace that went on this porch, I, I got mad because my holes didn't line up, so I just cut the boards to match the, the poles, and um, I, I, I'd worked hard on that. And so I, I'm, I'm looking at my professional porch, my cowboy porch and everything, and I mean that wind is blowing right out of the south, and I mean it is blowing hard. And I'm standing there, and Christy's like, you think everything's okay? I'm like... I think so. Just winds blowing hard. And about that time, the porch vacates the premises. Whoa! <laughs> and I said, there goes the porch. <laughs> and I looked, and 100 feet behind my house, we had an arena with the return alley and everything, and the porch goes up over the trailer house, clears the utility pole that is 50 feet behind, lands in the middle of a 150 foot wide arena and it looks like a grenade goes off that porch just it explodes and I looked at Christy and I said grab the wiener dog we're going to the big house <laughs> my grandmother lived about a quarter of a mile away and she had a big cinder block house and so we grabbed up Ziggy and we grabbed up Sue he was a boy named Sue and uh, anyway we grabbed up Sue and I went and I got in a three-quarter ton crew cab Ford pickup. I pulled it right next to the porch, the only porch we had left, the back porch, and I pulled it right up. And I'm not really one that gets nervous in storms, but I started getting just a tad bit nervous. Christy and Riley came out, and Griffin came out, and Rebecca came out, and uh, she was our foster daughter. And we grabbed Ziggy, we, we grabbed Sue, and we took off a quarter of a mile in that pickup headed due south right into that storm. 
And about halfway to the stop sign, Riley says, Dad, is this what it's like to be in a tornado? And I said, no, it's worse. She goes, I'll take it back. I don't want to ever be in a tornado again. And I said, I don't blame you, honey. And all the way to my grandmother's house, I didn't think that that truck was going to stay on the road. The front end was lifting off. The wind was blowing so hard. And I just kept praying. I was like, God, just let me make it. Just let me make it to that house. Please do not, you know, let me be in that trailer house or this truck if there's something going to happen. And so we, we made it over to the house, and, and we run into the, into the center block house, and we shut the door, and we're like, huh, we made it, we made it. What is that noise? It sounded like somebody had a fire hose going in the house, and we go to one of the bedrooms, and we look up, and the whole roof has been blown off this house and it has these not that house is the most beautiful house in the world it has these uh wood inlay deals that came out of cabins in Rio Dosa, New Mexico and you can see up through it and I mean water is just pouring down on carpet and everything like that and I was like grab something that will hold water there's no way we can catch it all we had trash cans we had everything and Griffin comes to me and he's got this little basket like you get at uh, at Dollar General or something. It's got holes in it this big everywhere. And he's like, here, Dad. And I'm like, Griffin. <laughs> and he goes, you said anything that'll hold water and it'll hold that much water. And I said, you're right. So we put it down. We had stuff all over the place. And right as we got through putting everything down, the rain stopped. Of course it did. Today, we are going to talk about how to survive the storms of life. We're going to give you six steps that will help you survive that storm. And they don't include grabbing the wiener dog. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you bless this message. Lord, take me out of anything that you once said today and open up these people's hearts and minds and give them the courage and the honesty and the respect, integrity, strength, and truth to hear your word today. Lord, we're here for, for you and you only today. And Lord, we ask a blessing that you'll show us the trail to ride. In your name I pray, amen. I've got a warning for you today. We are going to... Uh, we're going to get a little Wizard of Ozzy on you today, okay? Um, we are going to, as we go through these six steps, I ain't going to lie to you folks. About halfway through this, it's going to get real hairy, okay? You're going to have to pull up your, your big boy and big girl britches, and you're going to have to hang on because in order for us to get through this storm, we're going to have to go right through the middle of it. There's going to be some of us that go through the storm like cowardly lions. There's going to be some of us that go through the storm like ten men looking for a heart, looking for love. And there's going to be some of us that don't think they're smart enough to make it through. There's going to be some scarecrows in and amongst us. And I know that there's a few of you women that just like fancy shoes. That didn't work as well as I thought it would. <laughs> J 
James chapter 4. James chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. James chapter 4. We're going to be in, in verses 7 through 10. James chapter 4, verse 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be, la uh, let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Six things to make it through the storm. And I have given you all six things already. I didn't give them to you. James did through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But you have heard the six things and it gets pretty hairy in the middle, doesn't it? It kind of goes against what we've been taught. Humble yourselves before God. What does that mean? Honestly, well, that, that's a real fancy saying, isn't it? You, you know, you've, you've probably, if you've been in church or you've flipped through and, and seen the, the big fancy preachers in their three-piece seats, see what I mean? There's my Texas accent falling all over the place. Those big fancy preachers in three-piece suits, you know, they'll say, humble yourselves before God. Now, you know what, that sounds all good and well, but what does that mean, honestly? What does it mean? Well, I'm going to try to give you a few ideas of what it actually means to humble yourself before God. The first thing is, being a Christian and humbling yourself before God, folks, is like floating on your back in the river. Okay? Anybody, everybody has the ability to float, but you have to relax. You have to just let go and float there, and it's one of the hardest things in the world to do, but it's the easiest. You don't have to do anything. Just let yourself float. Think of a leaf floating down the river whenever y'all are out there fly fishing. You see a leaf floating down the river. Does it look like it's really going like this? Ah, ah. No, it's just, it's just floating down the river. Humble yourselves before God. Let God have the reins to your, to your ride. One day I, was, I, I used to work for the prison system, and we were riding along there and we were trotting and we had these line, uh, line trailers going, a tractor was pulling all these cotton trailers, had inmates on them and everything. And we're riding along and if you've ever worked on a ranch, this has probably happened to you. There's always a practical joker in there. And so you're riding along and, and I was going along like this, da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. and a buddy of mine, he comes up beside me and he's he kind of, we're in that slow lope and he says, hey, how you doing? I'm like, good, how are you doing? He's like, pretty good, I better catch up. And he rides past and jerks my bridle off. <laughs> And I was, oh, good. And I mean, I, I was a young one out there. I was a resident bronc rider. I didn't ride real well with a bridle on, much less a bridle off. And of course, everybody else thinks it's real funny, doesn't it? But you know what? That's what we need to do in order to humble ourselves before God. We think we know the right way to go, but we don't. We need to reach up there on our own on this trail that we're going. And we need to reach up there and we need to take the bridle off and just go, God, I don't need this. You do. I give it to you. Humble yourselves before God. Folks, everybody knows what a GPS is. You, don't you love that commercial where the guy's laying on the console and he's like, I, what is it? I'm your uh, 
gosh, it's an all-state commercial. And he's like, I'm your GPS. Recalculating, recalculating. And he tells it, turn here. And he crashes. A lot of people rely on GPS to get where they're going. Well, God doesn't need GPS. He's got God PS, okay? He knows what you need before you ever need it. A couple of years ago, Riley was begging for something for Christmas in February. <laughs> and she, every day, she's like, Dad, I want this. Dad, I want this. Well, what she didn't know is that we had already got it for her for Christmas. And we'd tell her, no. No, I'm not buying that for you right now, Riley. <laughs> She'd get all mad. But what she didn't know is that she already had it. She just didn't have it in her hands right now. See, a lot of you are wanting something right now. God's already given it to you. He just hasn't presented it to you yet. And so instead of just getting mad and kicking stuff, punching holes in the wall, just relax. God's got you taken care of. Humble yourself before God. For the lions in here to humble yourself before God, don't be scared. God's not going to run you off a cliff when you hand him the reins. Okay? God, I think that God has a sense of humor, but he's not going to hurt you. Okay? He's not going to run you off a cliff. For the ten men... You can't love without humbling yourself before God. If you're searching for love in your life, whether to give it or receive it, without God there is no love. The Bible says God is love. For the scarecrows, you don't know the way. Your brains ain't good enough. Let God be the brains of your outfit. Humble yourselves before God. The second step to get through the storm of life, to make it to the big house, the second thing that James tells us that we have to do is resist the devil. We must resist the devil. His only purpose is to draw you away from God and hurt you. That is it. That is his purpose. He's mad because God loves you. He's mad and he's going to try to hurt you. But he's real conniving in the way that he does it. A buddy of mine got two donkeys has anybody ever actually tried the, the cartoon trick of putting the carrot in front of the donkey? It kind of works for a second. Donkeys are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. We didn't have a carrot, but he had this little cup, and he put some grain in it, and he got a buggy whip, and he held it out there, and that donkey took about three steps, and then he was like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I ain't going after that. Can we do the same thing? Can we realize that when the devil is trying to lure us away from God with something shiny or something fancy or something sweet to eat, can we realize that he is trying to lead us in the complete opposite direction than we need to go? God will not ever tempt you into sinning, but the devil will. The devil will use nice things, things that you think that you want, things that you think you'll need, and he'll try to lure you away from God. The second thing that the devil will do is he will try to steal your joy and make you mad. I remember one day I was riding a colt and um, I was going to go ride in another pasture and I, I came up to, the, uh, to a wire gap gate. Has anybody ever been through a wire gap gate? This gate needed a winch truck and a four-ton hoist to get it open. And so I've got a bronc and a hackamore rein wrapped around this arm. 
I'm going trying to get that deal off and about the time I go to get it off what happens the bronc jerks back and he jerks back I cut my hand the the gate falls apart we go dragging out through there and I am going through that gate no matter what if it kills me if it kills that horse we are going through that gate so I swing it back and I get up there and I walk through the gate and I'm like come on stupid come on and then you you try to come on like he understands you right and he's looking at you like I ain't following you you idiot you was all mad just a while ago now you're like come on come on so finally I'm like, come on come on so finally I just sit there for a second I'm like please just come through the gate come through the gate and he did this high off the ground I don't know I guess he thought it was still up he jumps through, knocks me down, and whenever I come up, the devil got my anger. And you know what I did? I do not condone this by any means. I'm sorry for the PETA people in here. Well, there better not be any in here. But anyway, uh, I whirled him around and I did the most idiotic thing you've ever seen in your life. I punched a horse right between the eyes. And went, oh my God, that was stupid. He looked at me like, what? You wanted me to come to the gate? I come to the gate. The devil will try to steal your joy. He will try to make you mad and he'll do it in the least places. But don't fall for it because it's not going to hurt him. It's going to hurt you. Resist the devil. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Just take your time. If you have a hankering for nice things, the devil will take that. Come on. Come on. Come away from God. And if that doesn't work, he'll try to push your button. We've all got those buttons, don't we? He'll push them. Maybe he's pushed them this morning. I don't know. I know he's going to push them today sometime. There's going to be something that's going to aggravate the snot out of you today. Are you going to fall for it? Probably. I'm going to try not to. <laughs> I'm not very good. Maybe you have a weakness for fillies with big hind ends. I'm talking about horses. Okay? I don't know what y'all was thinking about, but I was talking about horses. He'll throw some of those in front of you, okay? You see that nice horse, horse. You see that nice horse walk by? Maybe he's loading up into that living quarters trailers. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about if you've been here before. Lions. The devil will use fear on you. He'll try to scare you away from God. Ten men, the devil wants to use hate and anger so that you won't love yourself, so that you won't love God, and so that you won't love others. Scarecrows, you can't outsmart the devil. Okay? Some people think, well, I know the devil's trying to trap me. I'm going to walk right into it, but I ain't going to get caught. Bull. Bull. You can't outsmart the devil. Humble yourselves before God, number one. Number two, resist the devil. Number three, come close to God, and God's going to come close to you. We had a horse on the Rocker B Ranch, and we had a little trap. And if anybody's ever had a little trap, the only thing they're good for is chasing horses all over the place. Okay? 
We had this horse. You could go out there, and, and Christy actually uh, used to work for some people that had some little kids, and they could walk outside, and their horses would be out there, and they'd go, horses, 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 and here they come thundering. Cowboy horses don't do that. You go, horses, horses, horses. They throw that tail up, and they go the other direction. Well, this one wouldn't really run off. He'd just stand out there, and he'd look up, and he'd be like, hey, what's up? Come on. I got a feed. He's like, I got a feed right here. Please, come here. I don't want to walk out there. No, you come out here. <sighs> he was never 30 feet from the pen. He was always standing on the corner post in the far corner. I don't know how he did it. So you walk out there. But it was a great illustration because he made you come get him. And you could be within 30 feet of him. And when you got close, he'd lift his head up and he'd walk to you. He didn't run from you. But He made you come to Him. God's going to do the same thing. You can see Him, maybe not with your eyes. God is always right there. But He ain't going to come running up to you like a dog wagging his tail asking you to pet Him. He's going to say, Come here. Come close to Me. And I will come close to you. Humble yourselves before God. Number one, just float in the river, folks. Just let go. You're not in charge anymore. You ain't done a very good job anyway, or at least I haven't. Number two, resist the devil. Number three, come close to God and God will come close to you. Folks, if you do not believe that the Bible has promises, God always keeps His Word, and His Word says right there, come close to God, and God will come close to you. He doesn't say, well, if God's kind of in a good mood, and the game's not on, He'll come to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Lions, don't be scared. If you look for God, you'll find Him. Ten men, if you want to love and be loved, the only place to find love is close to God. Scarecrows. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to find him. He's right there. Quit overanalyzing every little thing. Just go to God. The fourth thing, and folks, I have to warn you, right now, we're approaching that eye wall. It's fixing to get a little bit hairy. Number four. In the second part of verse eight, it says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Starting to get a little hairy. I'm going to need y'all to have the guts to hang with me with what we're fixing to talk about these next two points. Folks, what does that mean? Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Folks, what you need to do, what I need to do, is quit playing the field. A relationship with God is like a marriage. Jesus is referred to as the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. A relationship with God is like a marriage. You can't love what the world offers and love God at the same time. That's like being married and going out and cheating on your husband or wife. You cannot play the field. You're either married to God or you're married to the world, and the Bible says you're one or the other. And folks, this is tough stuff. I ain't going to lie to you, but I also respect you and love you enough, I'm going to shoot straight from the hip. 
I'm not going to sugarcoat this or folks, you either love God or you love the world. We need to quit playing the field. You can't love what the world offers and love God at the same time. No man can serve two masters. You're either in the world or you're with God. Lions, don't be afraid of what the world thinks of you. Honestly, isn't that kind of what keeps some of us from God? I know it kept me from God a long time. What are people going to say? Who cares what they say? I guarantee those people that might say something about you being a Christian, are they going to be holding your hands when you stand before the good man? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Quit worrying about what other people think. Ten men. Love cannot be found in the world. How many of us, and you please don't raise your hands because you know that it's everybody sitting in here. We've looked for love in the world. We've thought that there was things in the world that would make us happy. And for a minute, they did. And then it didn't. The only place love can be found is with God. Nowhere else. Scarecrows. It doesn't take a lot of brains to understand what cheating on God means. Don't try to justify it. Well, I ain't that bad of a guy. I ain't, I ain't a bad guy compared to Snotty over there. He does a lot worse things than I do. That don't matter. Your, your relationship is with God, not with Snotty. You're not going to be judged according to what somebody else does. You're going to be judged according to what you do. The choices that you make. The partners that you choose to ride with. Are you going through a storm right now? Or do you see the storm clouds building? The first thing that we have to do to get through that storm is to humble yourself before God. The second thing is we have to resist the devil. He's going to try to lead you away from God, folks. The third thing is we've got to come close to God and He will come close to us. The fourth thing, quit playing the field. Make a decision. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? One leads to heaven, one leads to hell. That's it, point blank. And number five, now we're right in the big middle of it. This is where the wind starts whipping. This is where the truck starts coming off the ground. This is tough. Number five. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Wait a minute. We've heard those big fancy preachers say, oh, all you have to do is come to Christ and everything's going to be great. Well, you know what? That's half true. Everything will be great. But why would James tell us to let there be tears for what you have done? Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Are you really sorry for your sins? Do you ask forgiveness because that's what you're supposed to do? Yeah, God, forgive me for... Uh, well, you know, whenever I said that, I was talking smack about old Snotty over there, and I was talking about how bad he was. I was judging him, talking about him down at the feed store. Yeah, forgive me for that. Do you ask forgiveness? Are you, are you truly sorry for what you've done? Because what would happen... If you were at your grandmother's house, mowing the grass, 
and you ran over her flowers. You'd be like, oh, dang it. Grandma, I done run over the flowers. Sorry about that. Is that the way we treat our sins? Or what would happen if maybe you'd stayed out a little too late with the with cowboys after a ranch rodeo or something like that? Partaked a little too much in the adult beverages and drove home and ran over somebody's child. Would you walk up and say, oh, I done run over your kid. Sorry about that. No, you wouldn't. It would tear your living world apart. You would beg for forgiveness for being responsible for the death of a child. Well, I'm here to tell you today, folks, and I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but you need to know this. You are responsible for the death of a child. His name was Jesus Christ. He was killed by your sins. He paid the punishment for your sins. Are you truly sorry? Or are you flippant about it? Hey, sorry. Sorry, God, I, I got your kid killed. Sorry about that. Okay, we'll talk at you later. No. You must truly be sorry for your sins. David had an affair. King David... One of the greatest kings ever, the David and Goliath and all of this stuff, he had an affair with a lady named Bathsheba. And because of his affair, one of his children died. And David mourned and he begged God to forgive him. And you know what he said? He said, God, against you and you alone have I sinned. Folks, if you go talking trash about me in the community, you ain't sinning against me, you're sinning against God. David knew that. He said, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I only care what you think. I have sinned against you. Are you truly sorry for, your for, for what you've done? When you ask for forgiveness, do you truly ask and beg for forgiveness? The most famous sermon in the Bible was given by Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And the third thing he talks about is he said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. See, without mourning, you will never be truly happy. Without forgiveness, you will never be able to fly on wings like eagles. Because I guarantee you, and here's another really hard kick in the gut. The Bible says... Do not be misled. God cannot be mocked. Yeah, sorry, God. Sorry for those sins, whatever they were. I don't remember. Are you truly sorry? And when you can reach a point to understand that Jesus died for you, that your sins are what killed him, or the reason that he died, and you truly kind of break down, and I ain't talking about bawling and squalling, maybe it'll come to that, but have you reached a point in your life where you truly grasp that Jesus Christ died for you? Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter. 
and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Quit playing the field. Are you truly sorry, number five? Are you truly sorry for your sins? And number six. Well, let's go back. Number five. Lions, do not be afraid of not being happy. Remorse is the only way to happiness. Because the only way to happiness is through God. Ten men, God loves those who mourn. The Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And scarecrows, don't try to figure out a way around being sorry for your sins. Well, I know what that preacher's saying, but I'm going to go this way so I don't have to do that. You can't. Without being sorry for your sins, you cannot receive forgiveness for them because God cannot be mocked. Yep, sorry about that. I'll catch you later, God. Ain't going to happen. Number six, and we're, we're through the eye of the storm. Now we're going to see the rainbow. Number six, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. We come right back to where we started. It's a circle. We come right back to where we started. Humble yourselves before the Lord. We come right back to where we started, except this time we get lifted up in honor. Instead of going through that storm, we get lifted up. Lions, you've made it this far. You don't have to be afraid anymore, us cowardly lions. You've come through the storm. Ten men... You've looked for your heart, or better yet, for love. Don't look in the world for love. It can only be found in humbling yourself before God. And scarecrows, people call you dumb, but God calls you righteous. The Bible says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, and I'm telling you what, only fools for God get into heaven, folks. Only fools for God. Are you in a storm? Do you see the storm clouds building? Or maybe your truck is lifting up off the ground right now. We've given six ways to find not what you think you want, but what God knows you need. Today, God knows what you need, and he's given you a way through there. Where do you need to go? Lions. Do you have the courage to go through the storm? Ten men, do you love the world or do you love God? Scarecrows, are you smart enough to know God is all you need? Get through the storm. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and I'll ask the band to come on up. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and Lord, I know that there's some people going through storms right now. Lord, you are the only way through the storm. Lord, before we can even humble ourselves before God, we must accept His Son as Lord and Savior because He is the doorway to God. He's the only way to get to God to humble ourselves before Him. Lord, there is impress upon them that there's no fancy words or no fancy meanings. They don't have to jump up and run around or anything like that. Just say, God, I need you, and I need your son. 
And for the first time, Lord, I ask for forgiveness, heartfelt forgiveness for the things that I've done wrong. Lord, be with me. I humble myself before you now. Give me the strength to resist the devil. Help me to find you so I can come close to you and that you'll come close to me. Lord, take me out of playing the field. Lord, impress upon me the true meaning of sorrow for my sins and lift me up in honor and stand me next to you for eternity. Lord, I just thank you for that person that has given their life to you right now. Lord, your word will not return void and you have reached out and you have touched somebody here today. Lord, I thank you for that right there. And Lord, I ask strength as we go out from here today, I ask that uh, you give them the strength to step away from the world and to come closer to you. Be with us all. Guide us. Take the reins and lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And it's in that name we pray. Amen.